The views and opinions expressed on Wrestling Windown are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Windown, a female-founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and our favorite adult beverage. Many wrestling fans, including myself, take pride in our wrestling collections. Whether it consists of t-shirts, autograph photos, or action figures, these items hold a special place in our hearts. I am honored to be joined by Maggie Blankenship of Toy Vomit, a toy headquarters based in Kentucky, to chat all about the world of wrestling collectibles. We'll discuss how Toy Vomit gathers their items to sell to fans, the unique pieces they've had in their store, the WWE Treasure Show, which follows fans and WWE superstars around the world to find their long-lost memorabilia, and much more. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. As I mentioned in my intro, I have Maggie Blankenship here today of Toy Vomit. Welcome to Wrestling Wind Down. Thank you. Thank you. When did you first become a wrestling fan? I first got into wrestling probably about five years ago. I'm kind of a newbie to wrestling, uh-huh. but I love it. What brought you into it? Did you just come across it on TV? Did you have like family or your husband that watched it before you? Um, my husband was getting into it right around the same time that we first started dating. Mm-hmm. And um, I all, never really paid much attention to it, but one day we were, we had like SummerSlam or something on and I look over and I see Shinsuke Nakamura come up on the screen. And I was like, who is that? And he was like, oh, let me tell you. And how, you know, it just blew my mind because in my head, wrestling was Hogan, Macho Man, Warrior, you know, and honestly, Shinsuke, it was who like kind of changed the game for me. You mentioned Shinsuke, who else were some of your favorites and are your favorites now to watch in professional wrestling? Um, He's still definitely one of my favorites to watch. Um, When I first got into it, I'm trying to think back then, Daniel Bryan was really, really big because he was on his way back in. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? We were really into like Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. When I first got into wrestling, I watched mostly WWE. And then Uh it just kind of progressed into other promotions and territories from there. So now we watch a lot of independent wrestling. Who are some of your favorites on the independence? There's so many amazing people all over the world just doing great things. But who are oh, some of yeah. your favorites? So many talented people. Um, Edith Surreal is one of my favorites to watch right now. Lee Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Deathmatch Wrestling. I watch Nick Gage a lot. Um, Allie Catch. I love what she's doing right now. There's so many good people to name on the indies right now. As I mentioned, you have a unique business based out of Kentucky. Can you tell me about Toy Vomit and how the business came about? Toy Vomit. So actually our store's name is Toy Headquarters, but on social media, you'll find us as Toy Vomit pretty much everywhere. Toy Vomit got started on Instagram many, many years ago, and it was a pretty anonymous project that my husband was running for a long time and not a lot of people knew about. And right after we got married, we decided that it was time to give it a bigger life. And we found a storefront and we opened up the store. Actually, tomorrow is two years that we've been open. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. 
how did you come up with, or how did your husband come up with the whole Instagram thing? I know so many people now that they start these small businesses on Instagram. How did it grow? Did someone just see it one day and they were intrigued and started sharing it? How did it grow to what it is now? It kind of grew just on its own. You know, you think about back when, you know, he started the Instagram, what, 2015 or something like that. It wasn't as oversaturated as Instagram is now, but mm-hmm. so many, you know, accounts and things like that. But um, yeah, he just, he's really good at marketing his stuff and, and creating this sense of urgency around getting stuff out. And like, you want this, you need this. And it just, he's very smart. He's very good at what he does on the internet. I saw your guys' Olive Garden parody video the other day had me laughing so hard see just creative stuff like that you guys already stand out and having stuff like that it draws so many people in I send it to my friends I was like I know you guys have heard of this but you have to see this video and they thought it was hilarious too we've got a good creative team we really do Um, so how big is your whole team at the headquarters oh you could probably count us all in one hand (laughs) We're, we're a small team we're a small team um so Nathan and I are the owners, um, and we've got a couple guys that all really, really help out and, and do such good work with us and for us. Our friend Justin Stewart is our artist. He does all of the artwork, all of our logos and things like that, um, but he's also a hell of a worker, and he helps he keeps us organized and clean. And then we've got our friend Perry, who does all of our commercials and videos and oh, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've got a really good team of people who help us out in the store. Small but mighty. I love it. Small but mighty. <laughs> 100%. Your store has wrestling merchandise, of course. What have been some of your favorite wrestling merchandise to receive at the store? Has there been anything that you've gotten excited about to see enter the store? Oh, yeah. The the first thing that comes to my mind, like I said, we watch a lot of independent wrestling. One day, just out of the blue, someone brought in a turnbuckle from GCW's homecoming last year. Uh-huh. And it had been, and if I, I don't know if you don't know, but uh, that was, I think, one of their first shows back after mm-hmm. everything had been shut down and everything. So everybody was kind of, you know, chomping at the bit to watch live wrestling again. And that was one of the first independent shows that I remember seeing pop up. Um last summer so someone brought this turnbuckle lid that had been signed by everybody that was on that show and then also randomly Casanova Valentine who did not wrestle there I don't think he's <laughs> I don't think he's ever wrestled for you so I don't know but uh, yeah we, we we brought that home that's in the house <laughs> I don't blame um, you <laughs> something else that came in fairly re- I want to say like February maybe we got a, a program from ECW, one of their first ever shows. And it's really cool. We have it on our Instagram. It's like a typed out and hand stapled together program of their first show. And it's got these really cool tidbits of information about like Cactus Jack and uh, like Crispin Wall and like all these people that were on those first shows of ECW. We still have that too. There are some things we're not going to get rid of. Do you ever ask people like the person that brought in that program? Do you ask them like what the story behind it is? Or do you just usually just take the item? Uh, I love to know the story behind mm-hmm. stuff like that because like how, how do how you, have you kept that? it? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some people, some people, it was just theirs. You know what I mean? Um, other people find them in crazy random places. We've had former employees of other companies that bring us in like prototypes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
that is one really cool aspect of our job is we just get to hear all these wild stories of how people acquired stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Which wrestler seems to be the most popular among the, the buyers at Toy Vomit? It really kind of just depends on what's going on. Um, in the wrestling world, if mm-hmm. there's like a TV show about somebody like dark side of the ring, always, whenever that has a new episode, people come in looking for whoever the episode was about. Mm, you that's know, interesting. Stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, yeah, if there's a big title change at a pay-per-view or a big win or loss, usually someone involved in that, you know, their, their figures are always a little bit more sought after, but then there's always those heavy hitters. People always come in looking for Ric Flair stuff and autograph stuff is a big thing too. How do you come across these different action figures and merchandise to sell in your store? Are you going on eBay and finding them? Are you depending on people to come in and bring you stuff or just a mix of everything? We don't work with any kind of distributor or anything like that. Uh, We only buy and sell other people's collections. Oh, okay. So we travel the country all, we've traveled all over the place and we'll come buy your stuff, pick it up, bring it to the store. People bring stuff in almost every single day too. So yeah, we don't have like any kind of wholesale stuff. We'll work with, you know, artists and photographers that we like and sell their books Mm -hmm. and things like that. But um, yeah, we just, we scout it out, let people email us and we'll travel anywhere. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. How often do you attain new merchandise for the store? I follow you guys on Instagram. You lay all your stuff out and you show everyone what you're selling for the week, but Mm -hmm. How often do you bring stuff in? Is it just for that one picture? Are you just you bringing it in every day and then kind of gathering it for that picture at the end of the week? We restock every single night. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff. Um, we restock the store every single night. We also have a website that we restock every two weeks. We, like I said, we get a lot of stuff in almost every day we just kind of decide, like, it, de- it depends on the day. If, if someone really, really buys a lot of stuff out of a Star Wars section or a Funko mm-hmm. Pop section or something like that, we just, we go through and we pull from what we have. And say, okay, I'm going to fill out this section here, fill out wrestling, this and that, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but yeah, we, we have so much stuff coming in and going out all the time that we, we're able to restock every day. And uh, I think that those, those nightly photos are what draw new people in you know what I absolutely mean? Yeah. yeah you guys do sell other stuff there can you tell me what other categories you guys sell and is wrestling your most popular one wrestling is for sure the most popular one we have a an almost 50 foot wall of only wrestling inventory oh my god <laughs> wrestling <Yeah>. figure heaven <laughs> it really is it really is people come in and they're like they, they go straight to the wrestling wall but we we sell vintage toys we sell like I said, Star Wars stuff, old and modern uh, Funko Pops, Marvel, DC, Transformers, Power Rangers, anything you can think of. Anything that has that nostalgic kind of vibe to it, it's mm-hmm. probably in our store. Um, but yeah, I would say wrestling is definitely our, our heaviest hitter for sure. Can you explain to me the process of pricing these items? Do you guys go on the internet and see what this stuff is selling for, like on other platforms? And do you make sure that they're reasonably priced for both you as the the seller, as well as the consumer? Can you tell me a little bit about that? I will tell you a lot of research does go into it because we, you know, we're operating in a world where people can just get on the internet and order anything offline. Right. So if, if I don't have something priced fairly at my store, why, why shouldn't you just sit and order it off eBay? 
So a lot of our pricing, we, we monitor sold listings on other reseller sites, like so like eBay, Mercari, places like that. And we try to beat that price. We try to beat those sold prices by a certain percentage. So it, it does encourage people to come in and shop. And I think that that nostalgic coming into a toy store is also another part of it too, you know, because like you said, how many other toy stores are still around? Right. So yeah, we, we do monitor a lot of what things have sold for and try to base it off of that and try to beat that price. And you know, too, so the internet is just so accessible and the fact that people are so willing to either travel to you or if they live there to just go right in the store, that says a lot about what you guys are doing. It's different. It's an experience to go in the store. I've seen the pictures. I've seen Sean Ross Sapp go. I've seen Alexis Littlefoot go. These people are interested in what you guys are doing because it's so different. Like I said, we I don't think we have anything out here. I know we have comic book stores and California might have one, but it's not as big as your guys's is because it's just so unique. So kudos to you. I can't wait until I can actually come out there and see what you guys are doing because it looks Thank great you. online. Have you encountered any other wrestling, female wrestling fans at Toy Vomit or is the clientele mainly men? I have, yeah. I, I'd say that probably our clientele is is mostly men, mm -hmm. um, but I have absolutely encountered female fans, non-male wrestling fans. Um, I think once people figure out that we're a husband and wife duo, they're like, oh my God, like, so we can hang out. Like we can, we can talk, <laughs> like we can all, the whole family can come in. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, so yes, I do. I do. But I'd say probably mostly men are our customer base, which is fine. You guys also host signings at Toy Vomit. Who are among some of the wrestlers that you've had in the store and who are some of the ones that you'd like to have in? Oh man, that's a good one. Since we've only been open for two years, a majority of our our store's lifetime has been operating under pandemic rules. So we haven't been able to host as many people as we wanted to yet. Um, but we have had Matt Cardona and Brian Myers a couple times. Nice. The major mm -hmm. pod bros. Uh, mm -hmm. They were awesome. They were a really good time. They've filmed a couple times there as well uh, for their vlog. But they bring an incredibly loyal fan base. And we daily, almost daily, get new customers in because of their YouTube vlogs or their podcasts and stuff like that. They were awesome. Um, and most recently we hosted Dan Housen and Dan Housen's awesome. Mm -hmm. He, he rules. He's so funny. And he was a pleasure to have in the store. Uh, we hope he comes back too, but I mean, we're open for pretty much anybody to come now that things are kind of opening back up and we're able to do that. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm I'll talk to anybody about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sure who's available, who wants to come to a signing at a toy store. I mean, I would think anyone would want to. Any wrestlers, <laughs> so many wrestlers love getting their own action figures. Like, could you imagine someone walking in and they see all of these figures that they've had released? Like, that would be such a moment for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That'd be so cool. We have to talk about Treasures. WWE currently hosts this show entitled Treasures, where these wrestlers, they go out on the road, they find their different memorabilia that they've had, whether it's Ric Flair's robe or The Undertaker's hat, etc. Have you watched this show? And what are your thoughts as a collector, a seller of these action figures? I haven't seen it. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I know I should have watched it before I did this. <laughs> yes. So I have seen it. And 
you know, it's a good show. I was definitely expecting um, a little bit more fan interaction. They go to one house per show. They've gone to this one guy's house like three times, which I'm like, how do you have all this stuff? Like, literally, it's like a room. You go in, he has Mick Foley stuff. He has Ric Flair stuff. He has all this stuff. And you're like, sir, is this your whole paycheck? Your whole life savings? It's crazy. And to see how they attain these different like props that mean so much to these superstars. And some of them aren't willing to give them up. Like, I know Mick Foley, for one, he was like, asking the guy like you know can I buy this off of you the guy's like no and you're like well that's his item like that's actually his it's just it's an interesting concept I think WWE is doing a good job with it but I want to see some ladies on there let's get Trish Stratus in there let's get Lita in there trying to find their stuff it's mostly been men you see Michelle McCool and like Charmel on there but no female wrestlers have actually gone and tried to find their own stuff well and I feel like female wrestlers too especially earlier like had really strange merch you know what I mean yeah like, remember when the Bella twins had like the hats that had the, the ponytail hanging off of it like oh my <laughs> like, <laughs> you remember that like wouldn't you want to go find that somewhere I want one <laughs> that or like your first like I don't know maybe they keep their own ring gear you wonder because yeah. it's like the guys obviously like they have so much more stuff and they yeah. most of them have been in the WWE for a really long time the guys that they're bringing on the show but like Trish Stratus had such a long career too. Like where's her cowgirl hat? The first one that she wore on television, like stuff like that. You're like, who has these? Where are you hiding them at? My question is, what are they doing with the stuff that they buy back? So WWE actually brings them back to the headquarters. They've shown it. So they have like the SmackDown fist in like a, it's a big room. They have like Kane stuff laid out. They have the Undertaker stuff. They have like Kane's mask. They have all these different things. It's pretty much like a almost like a museum, but it's not open to the public. So if you work for WWE, you can go look at it. But like me and you, we couldn't go, which I'm kind of like, y'all would make so much money if you made a a WWE museum. They're probably gonna take this idea, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, why do that? Like if it was being, you know, cared about at someone's house but I don't know like yeah I guess they want it all back but it'd be cool if we could go walk around I know like sometimes at like access they have like the stuff laid out but it's very limited stuff it's not here's the whole collection of what we have I'm sure you could walk around for hours in there though I could imagine yeah I'd go crazy for sure have you come across any one-of-a-kind items at toy vomit speaking of these treasures and people going and finding these unique pieces we have definitely come across some interesting stuff. First thing that comes to my mind as far as like one of a kind stuff, there was Mattel was making this series of Hall of Fame Elite and they had in series three, they were going to make a Cactus Jack Hall of Fame figure. And Mick Foley was having some issues with his contract with WWE at the time. So they pulled the figure really quickly, but an unknown amount actually got sent out. No one really knows how many, like a case or whatever, a box. I don't know. A lot of them ended up in Canada. I think, I think there's only been like six accounted for ever of these. And you can find the figure now in a different packaging. You can like, they made like the WrestleMania ones and like the yellow elite box and then Mm -hmm. like the red one. It's just the Cactus Jack with like the red shirt. And we bought this guy's collection I think in Alabama. And he had one of those Hall of Fame Cactus Jackalites. He had one of the unreleased ones. Oh my God. And we had it, for, we had it for a while. We actually just sold it not too long ago. But um, yeah, I thought it was just the coolest thing ever because people were like, what is this? Like, why is it 
why is it in this glass case? We're like, well, let me tell you, because it looks just like a regular elite, but it was actually an unreleased figure. But yeah, it was like one of however many have been found in the wild. So that was so a did cool the guy thing. know that he had one of the unreleased figures? He did. And, okay. and I can't remember how he acquired it. Nathan probably has the story, but yeah, he, he was like, this is this thing that I have. It, it was really cool to like pull it out of this box and be like, oh my God, like <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, that was really cool. Um, We've gotten, you know, a couple prototypes, a couple artist copies of like some of the Jack's classic superstars and stuff like that. And those are always really cool pieces to come to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any replica belts or anything like that, that you can think of that people have brought in? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We get belts all the time, mm. all the time. They come and go so quickly. We, right now we have the, that original NXT belt. Oh in, yeah. In uh-huh. our cases. That's probably my favorite that we have right now. Um, but yeah, belts come in all the time. I think they're cool. I want a diva's title really bad. <laughs> Me Do you have too. One? <laughs> no, I want one. I've been looking for it. And someone actually said the other day, they bought one off of eBay and it was like horrible quality. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Know. You got to be careful. Cause people will like replace the straps and stuff on those. And like, it's not, Oh my God. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I want I want a Divas replica title if anybody out there has one. <laughs> so as a fan yourself, you've said that you guys have brought home like the GCW turnbuckle that you've had before. Is there anything that you have brought home or that you've bought yourself that means a lot to you that holds a special place in your heart wrestling memorabilia wise? Outside of that, I just kind of started let myself to let myself collect stuff. <laughs> so I've just been kind of, cultivating this little corner of figures I have a lot of you know Shinsuke and like Becky Lynch figures mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think I know that it's going to come to me like as soon as I get off the call with you but yeah I would say that I'm just now like letting myself kind of create this little collection of stuff I love Funko Pops I'm a Funko nerd I <laughs> hate that but it is what it is <laughs> So many wrestling fans love them. They're so cute. They are so cute. I just got the China one in the mail. Not oh, so long ago. yes. She's so cute. <laughs> it was so great talking to you, Maggie. And hopefully you get a couple more visitors, including myself at Toy Vomit pretty soon. Where can the people find you guys on social media? Um, okay, so all of my own personal handles are all the same. Vegan Superkick. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and then the store is Toy Vomit on Instagram real toy vomit on Twitter. Um, and then we have our website, toyvomitonline.com. You can buy stuff on there 24 hours a day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? Until next time, enjoy your wine, and of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.